This is the 10,000 Depositions Later podcast, episode 68. I'm Jim Garrity. Today's episode, objecting to the use of partial or incomplete documents in depositions. Hey there, everybody. I hope you're having a fantastic week. I certainly have so far. All right, let's turn to the topic today. You know, there's probably no single category of documents that get pulled apart or fragmented more frequently before being used as a deposition exhibit than digital conversations, whether it's emails, text messages, chats, Slack conversations, and the like. And it happens all the time. That doesn't make it right, but for some reason, litigators are much more comfortable marking a fragment of an emailed conversation, for example, than other kinds of documents. In contrast, if a deponent has written a 10-page letter, you'll never see the examining lawyer present page 6 or page 8 by itself. That would be ridiculous. But as for email chains, many examiners pull them apart, redact elements of the email, the names, the dates, the content, subject lines, and then present just a small segment of the complete conversation to the deponent for inquiry. And the result is that the deponent isn't seeing the context in which conversations, often from years past, took place. And that's a problem, especially if the fragment viewed in the broader context of the entire conversation would have a very different meaning. I see it over and over again where deponents are being shown text messages or emails that are out of order or that are just a tiny portion of the actual conversation. There are actually two distinct evidentiary problems here. One is that the examiner is only relying on a fragment of the conversation. It's not complete. The second problem is that examiners frequently present these messages in something other than chronological order. So it can be doubly problematic from an evidence standpoint. Now you know that Federal Rule 32, which is titled using depositions in court proceedings, says that if a lawyer at trial is using a fragment of a deposition to spotlight testimony, that you can require that lawyer to introduce other portions of the testimony that in fairness should be considered with the part introduced. And that's from Rule 32A6 in a subsection titled Using Part of a Deposition, which says, quote, if a party offers in evidence only part of a deposition, an adverse party may require the offerer to introduce other parts that, in fairness, should be considered with the part introduced, and any party may itself introduce any other parts." Close quote. So that rule, with specific application to trial and chiefly to deposition testimony, contemplates a problem where the jury is only hearing part of the relevant testimony of the deponent. You can literally force the lawyer introducing that section of the deposition to the jury to read more of it, to put the section in context. But let's dial back to depositions. What do you do when you're in a deposition and an opposing lawyer is using a fragment of a document in that setting? What's the objection? And you've got to make one if there's a problem here. The rules in virtually every jurisdiction say you've got to make contemporaneous objections in a deposition in order to preserve your rights where the problem can be cured at the time of the deposition. In other words, at a time when the examining lawyer has a chance to cure or obviate the error or irregularity. And the use of incomplete documents are something that can be cured at the time of the deposition, at least in theory. Now, the examining lawyer might not 
have brought all of the appropriate pages of the email thread or conversation, but it's still something that is curable in theory in a deposition, even if the examining lawyer in a given deposition himself or herself cannot at the moment cure it. It's something that could have been cured. So to protect your rights, you've got to object and the correct objection in this setting to the use of an incomplete document is to make a rule of completeness objection. All right, so what rule applies in depositions? Which rule of completeness? Well, I talked a minute ago about Federal Rule of Civil Procedure 32A6. That's a rule of completeness provision that specifically applies at trial. Now, in a deposition setting, the answer is the rule of completeness found in Federal Rule of Evidence 106 or your state equivalent. Most states follow the federal rules, as you hear me say many times. But whether your jurisdiction strictly follows the federal rules or not, it likely has its own rule of completeness reflected either in a procedural rule or in a codified evidence code. I think during the research that we did for this episode, we noticed that the numbering scheme across the states varied widely. In California, I think the rule of completeness is titled Section 356. In New York, it's 4.03. In Florida, it's Section 90.108. In Texas, it's Rule 107. But the federal rule is Federal Rule of Evidence 106, titled Remainder of or Related Writings or Recorded Statements. And the entirety of that rule reads as follows. If a party introduces all or part of a writing or recorded statement, an adverse party may require the introduction at that time of any other part or of any other writing or recorded statement that in fairness ought to be considered at the same time. All right, now here's a question, at least from the perspective of the federal rules, how do we know that that's the right rule of completeness to apply in depositions, Rule 106? Well, we know it because the primary rule, the primary federal rule on depositions is Rule 30. And Rule 30C1 says that the examination and cross-examination of a deponent proceed as they would at trial under the federal rules of evidence, except Rules 103 and 615. In other words, the only two federal rules of evidence that don't apply in your deposition is the one that requires an immediate ruling from a court on an evidentiary issue, that's Rule 103, and the rule of sequestration, that's Rule 615. The other rules of evidence apply to your deposition, including Rule 106, the rule of completeness. So you've got to object as a rule of completeness objection if the examining lawyer is showing the deponent a fragment of an email that you feel is in some way misleading or takes the document and resulting testimony out of context. By the express language of Federal Rule 30, Rule 106 objections are not excluded from application in depositions. So that's the basis for your rule of completeness objection in a deposition. And the way to phrase it is something as simple as objection rule of completeness or objection rule 106 or just 106 once your opposing number gets the message or whatever the rule or statutory number is in your jurisdiction. That's all you have to say. And of course, in your deposition preparations, you always want to make sure that you've educated your client about the risk of being presented documents that have been dismembered by an adversary. Talk to them about the rule of completeness and the importance of pointing out if they're testifying that the digital conversation in question is incomplete or out of context, if not out of order. 
and that seeing the entire conversation is essential, assuming that's true, in order to put the conversation in the proper framework. All right, that's it for today's episode. As always, be sure to check out the show notes. They contain the case and rule citations upon which each episode is based. And as I've surely mentioned many times in the past, depending on where you get your podcast, you may or may not see the entire list of authorities in our show notes, but you can fix that by finding the link to the episode or podcast homepage, clicking through to that, and then you'll be able to see on the homepage the entire list of authorities for each episode. All right, have a great week, and we'll talk to you again soon.